I want to thank you for joining me. Tonight we're going to be talking about foundations. And we know that Jesus is the foundation. Jesus is the firm foundation which we build on. If you're a follower of Christ, if you're a Christian, we need to build with material that's imperishable, not perishable. We need to build with material that's not tangible, but invisible. Invisible meaning it's eternal, something that will last, something that will outlast this world and will last right on into eternity. So as we, we, as we begin, I would hope that you know that. I would hope that you know who the firm foundation is, the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of our faith. So let's turn first to Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 24 and 25. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 and 25. And let me just stop and pause for a moment and tell you this. Know your word. We're in a time where there's so many deceptions, so many doctrines of demons being preached, that we need to know the word of God. If we don't know the word of God, we're basically... Uh, we're open to the enemy's deceptions. We're open to his lies. We're wide open to, the, to him coming in and attacking us with twisted scripture, with his deceptive words and his deceptive tactics, tactics and strategies. So we need to know the word of God. We need to know what it says so we can defend ourselves with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So let's go back to the scripture. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Again, we see Jesus is the rock. Jesus is the firm foundation where we base our faith, where we build from. Uh, his foundation, the foundation, which is Jesus, is the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. The ascension is so important because Jesus ascended to heaven and he sent us down the Holy Spirit, which he promised, which he promised to release, to send down from heaven so that we could be filled with his spirit, so we could be baptized with his spirit, that we'd be empowered to go out and do his work. Jesus told his disciples to tarry in Jerusalem, to wait in Jerusalem until power came down to do them from on high. So many Christians miss this part of the gospel. They miss it. They understand the death, the, the uh, crucifixion, the resurrection. They understand how important that is. But Jesus told them, don't go anywhere. Hallelujah. Don't go anywhere until you are empowered from that power that's going to come from on high. That spirit that's going to fill you. The Holy Spirit that's going to empower you. And then you'll be sent out into all the world. So it takes faith to act on the words of God. We'd never put the words of Jesus into practice if we didn't believe them, would we? Hallelujah. If we didn't believe Jesus was speaking the truth, we would never go and live out his commands. We would never go and try to live out those words which he has spoken to us. Eventually our faith will be tested. Our faith is tested in life. And as we walk through the storms that rage in our lives, the foundation will hold. Jesus will hold. He's there. He's stable. He's not moving. He's not going to change. You may hear the howling of the wind, the sound of rain hitting the windows, and you may, might feel, you may even feel a slight shift. But that foundation will not be moved. It will not crack. It will not crumble. So there's a great shaking 
that's taking place in this season. It's a time of testing. It's a time of sifting. God is sifting and weeding out those who do not belong, those who are not truly of the body of Christ. And he's exposing uh, those who are false, those who are false teachers, those who are false prophets, those who carry themselves as or, or uh, put on a facade speaking as Christians, speaking as, as pastors and preachers and teachers, but they are not. They are, they are teaching doctrines of devils. Those people are being exposed in this season. And those people who uh, have ran from God in the past, who have distanced themselves from God, are now being drawn to him because of his compassion, his grace, and his mercy. There is favor on your life. I just feel that for someone right now. There is favor on your life. There is grace on your life. That's why you haven't perished. That's why you're still here. And Jesus is calling you home. He's saying, backsliders, it's, it's time to come back home to him. Hallelujah. There's still grace for you. There's still God's love, his compassion is there for you. When danger comes, true character is revealed. And those who haven't made God a priority quickly return to him. They quickly return to him. Those who harden their hearts remain in darkness in the midst of troubles. But the wise get right with God by repenting of their sin. And we need to repent on a daily basis, not in a legalistic way. But we need to keep our hearts clean before God because we don't know the moment of his return. We don't know when Jesus is coming back. We don't know when we're going to pass on into eternity. And I don't believe any of you will die prematurely as you follow Christ, as you seek the Lord's face, as you do all that you can to follow him and his will for your life. But I do believe that none of us know the hour in which we will pass. Jesus doesn't really reveal that to us. So one moment you can be living out your life. You can be speaking uh, just as I am right now. You could be on a live feed. You could be out in your car driving. You could be sitting in your apartment or your house. And the next minute you could be passing on into eternity. Life is uncertain, but your eternal salvation can be certain if you would repent, believe, and follow Jesus Christ. So it's his love that draws us, the scriptures say. It's Jesus' love that draws us. It's knowing how far he was willing to go to redeem the lost. He left the 99 to find the one lost sheep, and that one was me. And that may be your story as well. That might be your story. That you rebelled, that you wandered away from the Lord. And he came back to pursue you. He came to come and get you. He left the 99 to find that one lost sheep. But I tell you, there's some out there who feel that they're righteous already. And you're sinning as well. Because you don't understand that you need forgiveness. And if you're hearing this now and you feel you're, you're so righteous that you don't need any type of forgiveness then you need to repent and you need to ask God to forgive you for pride. You need to ask God to forgive you for pride and arrogance and get right with him as well. To know that I serve an immovable, unchangeable, self-sustaining, all-knowing, sovereign, and faithful God. To know this is to know that he'll never fail. He, it's to know uh, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's a confidence that comes from our knowledge of his character, knowing that Jesus never changes, knowing that the Lord our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So there's a confidence that comes from knowing this. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. In fact, he stays even when everyone else walks away. There's been times in my life where I had no one to turn to, 
no one to turn to. I remember being locked up, okay, when I rebelled from God, being in prison. And at that point, I had done so many people wrong. I had done so many people dirty, not even my own family. My own family didn't even want to speak to me. But Jesus was there. He was pursuing me. He was still by my side. He was saying, listen, my son, listen. You may have ran from me, but I haven't gone anywhere. I'm here waiting to listen. I'm here waiting for you to turn your life back over to me. And that's exactly what I did. Because I said to myself, I'd be a fool to run from this kind of love any longer. A love that pursues. He's the foundation we build upon and he's the stone we stumble over to our peril. He could be the, your foundation, he could be the foundation, or he could be the one that trips you up. As you fall under his wrath. I don't want to be in that position where God punishes me. I faced those consequences before I faced those uh, punishments and consequences because of sin. And I want to be on this side. I want to be on this side where I'm experiencing his, experiencing his grace and mercy and love and not his wrath. You can be with me on this side as well, brother. You can be on this side with me as well. So I pray that more would have eyes to see Jesus as he is, Lord and Savior. Far too many see Jesus as a good man or just another religious figure who's similar to all the others. This is a complete lie. This is a falsehood. These people have been blinded by the enemy. We should pray that the Lord lifts the veils from their eyes, just as Paul had those scales fall from his eyes. Those scales kept him blind. Those scales kept him believing that the law made him righteous. By living out the law, that made him righteous, which he couldn't keep anyway. But those scales fell from his eyes, and he was no longer blind. I pray that if you're caught up in deception, if you're caught up in believing that any other way is going to make you righteous in the eyes of God, that those scales, that that veil fall from your eyes in Jesus' name. So Jesus is God incarnate. Jesus is God. Don't let anyone else tell you something different. The Son of God who is one with the Father. He is the Son. He's both the Lamb that was slain and the Lion of Judah. His love should compel us to do good works for others out of the love and compassion that flows from His Spirit, that comes from our hearts, but comes from His Spirit moving through us, flowing through us, and abiding in us. Which leads us to our next, por our next portion of Scripture. Please turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to read verses 10 through 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 10 through 14. According to the grace of God which was given to me, as a wise master builder I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. He will receive a reward. Let's think about that. Let's think about what this material is that's being used to build on this firm foundation. 
So in verse 10, Paul states that he's laid the foundation. He's laid the foundation by preaching the true Jesus, the glorious gospel. He's carried the message of the gospel into many regions and territories in Gentile nations. He then goes on to say, if anyone builds on this foundation with, that he goes on to name different uh, types of materials varying from gold to straw. He warns that each person's work will later be clear and that it will be revealed by fire of all things fire this fire will test what kind of work has been done paul doesn't go into great detail about what he means here but i believe there are a couple different ways you can look at what's being said so first we should take a moment to consider all of the teachings there are out there regarding the person of jesus his ministry and his mission on earth there are many who teach sound doctrine based on the word of god but there are also many who are preaching another jesus so what does the scripture say about preaching another Jesus, preaching another gospel? Let's turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 4 says this, For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you've received, or a different gospel from one that you've accepted, you put up with it easily enough. Or in other words, you put up with it too easily. We're not to receive another gospel. We're not to receive another spirit. There's no other spirit like the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is pure and true and holy and will always lead you in truth. He will always lead you in truth. Don't be deceived if you're teaching another gospel or you're operating from another spirit apart from the Holy Spirit. Not only are you in danger spiritually because you've been deceived, the work you're doing isn't for the Lord at all. In fact, you're laboring for Satan. So if this is you, your foundation is faulty and your house will burn on the day of judgment. Second, and with this, we'll get right down to the heart of the matter. Why are you doing the work of God? What are your intentions? What are your motivations? Are you doing the work of the Lord out of love for God or out of love for people? For their, uh, for their attention, because of their opinions? Each one of us has to answer this question for ourselves. There are those who feed the poor to feel good about themselves. I know people that volunteer to just get that rush of, of feeling that they did something good. They're trying to make themselves feel better. At the end of the day, it comes back to selfish desires. There are those who preach or teach because their father was a pastor and just thought it would be a good career choice. They never asked God if it was what he wanted them to do. So there are those who minister to the more successful members of their congregation and ignore the rest because they're more concerned with tithes and offerings than they are with meeting the spiritual needs of the members or attendees of their church. There are those who are building with straw. They're building with kindling wood that burns up as fast as the fire is lit. Without the pure and perfect love of Christ as our motivation, all of our works will pass away. So I once heard a story of a man who had a an afterlife kind of experience. I wouldn't call it near death because he actually died. He went to hell and as he was being tormented, as the demons began to torment him and rip away at his flesh, Jesus grabbed him and pulled him out of hell. And he sat him down. And angels surrounded them. And they looked at something a lot like a TV where he saw images, he saw moments of his life. 
And the one moment of his life where Jesus said, I was proud of this moment. I was proud of what you did here. He comforted his little sister as, as they were children. Uh, something tragic had happened to his, his sister, and she was very uh, upset. She was very uh, distraught as she was crying, and he went over and he comforted her. He put his arm around her and consoled her. And Jesus said, this is the one moment of your life where you acted in love. You were moved by love and compassion. And that was the only thing that would last for all eternity that act that was done in love. So I want you to know what you do in love will last, but all the rest will burn up like chaff. It'll burn up like kindling wood in the fire. Understand your intentions will be tested. What you're building now, what you're doing now, what you think you're doing for the Lord, it may be with the right intentions. I don't know, but it may very well be for your own gain. It may very well be to make people like you, to cause people to like you, to cause people to give you things, give you money, provide for you. So let's get our motives right. Let's ask God to purify us, refine us, and give us a love for him and his purposes.